Hi everyone, I'm Dave. And I'm Marvin. It's day 157, and this is God's Big Story. It's a story. It's big. Never boring. No way. For his glory. Always. It's God's Big Story. So welcome back, everyone. Good afternoon. It's Tuesday, and we are glad you're here. Hi, everyone. Nobody knows what he's gonna ask now. It's Marvin, the friendly, curious cow. Okay, yeah, so, Dave, I have a question about yesterday. Okay, shoot, Marvin. Okay, yeah, so, in yesterday's reading, Haman got mad because Mordecai wouldn't bow down to him, right? Yep, that's right. Okay, yeah, well, how come? Ah, well, here comes Professor. Professor, uh, how come Mordecai wouldn't bow down to Haman? Ah, yes, that's a great question, Marvin. <laughs> because, you see, the Bible, it doesn't tell us exactly, but there are maybe three good options, yeah? Oh, okay, well, hit me, Professor. So, firstly, Mordecai perhaps knew Haman. Uh, maybe he knew the type of man that he was, knew something of the evil in his heart, and decided he was not the kind of man that he would bow down to. Oh, okay. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, second, in yesterday's reading, it told us that Haman was from the family line of Agag, and that means he was an Amalekite, yeah? So the Amalekites were the enemies of the people of Israel. Yeah, when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, it was the Amalekites who came and attacked them. And over the years, they were always enemies. So yeah, it may be that Mordecai, as an Israelite, refused to bow down to Amalekite, the enemy of his people. Oh, okay. And thirdly, Mordecai may have felt that bowing down to a man like this was well, like worshipping a man. And God had made it very clear, only he is worthy of worship. And we should not bow down to idols, to false gods, yeah? Okay, yeah. So it could be anyone or perhaps all three of those reasons. Oh, I see. Okay, got it. Thanks, Professor. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Hey, I'll see you guys later, yeah? Thanks, Professor. So, Marvin, yeah, Haman wants to kill all God's people. And today we'll hear about how he went about doing that. Okay, okay, yeah, and we're back to reader number one, huh? Yep, that's right. Hi, Janice. Hello, everyone. Today's reading is taken from Esther chapter 3, verse 7, to chapter 4, verse 3. The lot was cast in front of Haman. The lot was called Pur. It was cast in the first month of the twelfth year the Xerxes was king. That month was called Nisan. The lot was cast to choose a day and a month. The month chosen was the twelfth month. That month was called Adar. Then Haman said to King Xerxes, Certain people are scattered among the nations. They live in all the territories in your kingdom. They keep themselves separate from everyone else. Their practices are different from the practices of all other people. 
they don't obey your laws, it really isn't good for you to put up with them. If it pleases you, give the order to destroy them. I leave and add 375 tons of silver to the king's officials for the royal treasures. So the king took his ring off his finger. The ring had his royal seal on it. He gave the ring to Haman. Haman was the son of Haman Datha, the Agagite. Haman was the enemy of the Jews. Keep the money, the king said to Haman. Do what you want to with those people. The king sent for the royal secretaries. It was the thirteenth day of the first month. The secretaries wrote down all Haman's orders. They wrote them down in the writing of each territory in the kingdom. They also wrote them in the language of each nation. The orders were sent to royal officials and to the governors of the territories. And the orders were also sent to the nobles of the nations. The orders were written in the name of King Xerxes himself, and they were stamped with his own official mark. They were carried by messengers. They were sent to all the king's territories. The orders commanded people to destroy, kill and wipe out all the Jews. That included young people and old people alike. It included women and children. All the Jews were supposed to be killed on a single day. That day was the 13th day of the 12th month. It was the month of Adar. The orders also commanded people to take everything that belonged to the Jews. A copy of the order had to be sent out as law. It had to be sent to every territory in the kingdom. It had to be announced to the people of every nation. Then they would be ready for that day. The king commanded the messengers to go out, so they did. The order was sent out from the fort of Susa. Then the king and Amon sat down to drink wine. But the people in the city were bewildered. Mordecai found out everything that had been done. So he tore his clothes. He put on the rough clothing people wear when they're sad. He sat down in ashes. Then he went out into the city. He wept aloud. He cried bitter tears. But he only went as far as the palace gate. That's because no one dressed in that rough clothing was allowed to go through it. All the Jews were very sad. They didn't eat anything. They wept and cried. Many of them put on the rough clothing people wear when they're sad. They were lying down in ashes. They did all these things in every territory where the king's order and law had been sent. Thanks, Janice. Oh, Dave, this is awful. Haman just decided to have all the Israelites killed? Men, women, children, all over the empire? Yeah, that's right. It's terrible. Haman takes the hate in his heart that we talked about yesterday, and he puts it into action, coming up with his plan, and because King Xerxes trusts him, he just goes along with the plan. Gosh, the Israelites must have been scared, huh? Yeah, I'm sure. Their kingdom had been conquered and destroyed, they'd been forced away from their homeland, they were spread out all over the place, and now, from nowhere, they'd been given a death sentence. You have to think they must have figured that... God had cast them off, completely abandoned them. It looked like there was no hope. They certainly couldn't see any way there would ever be the promised king from the line of David on the throne again. Or how God's promise to Abraham of a blessing to all the peoples of the world. How could that ever come true? Oh yeah, Yeah, I hadn't even thought of that. But Marvin, though there was, and still is, such sin and evil in this world, though there may be times when it seems there's so much evil in the world that evil is winning... In Matthew 16, Jesus told Peter that he would build his church and the gates of hell will not be strong enough to destroy it. Evil does not get to win. 
God and his church will not be defeated, not be destroyed. God is more powerful than any that would stand against him. As Paul writes in Romans chapter 3, the dark night of evil is nearly over. The day of Christ's return is almost here. Oh yeah, and then that's the end of all sin, right? That's right, Marvin. So today, boys and girls, though sin has messed up this world, though evil men like him and will still do evil things and we may suffer, thank God that sin's time is running out. Jesus is coming back. The dark night of evil is nearly over and we will be with him forever when sin is done away with once and for all. Oh, great. Thanks, Dave. You're welcome, Marvin. So let's leave it there and tomorrow we'll hear a bit more of how this story is going to play out. Okay. Okay, well, see you tomorrow, everyone. Bye. Goodbye. We'll see you soon. God's Big Story is a ministry of Eden Grove Presbyterian Church. Music and jingles by Dave Josh. Adams.